Good Wednesday afternoon from the heart of Freight Alley. Whoop, whoop, I believe is the correct. Whoop, whoop. I hope uh, Rachel Premax <laughs> wearing her juggalo makeup when we bring her up later. We'll find out. Um, took Randy Savage to the vet yesterday, right? Yeah. For his three-month visit. Oh, he yeah. Okay. went just exactly a month yeah. ago. He was 10.5 pounds a month ago. A month ago. Want to okay. guess what he clocked in? Now there he is. So you can uh, have a, a month a ago, 10.5. Yep. Is this a picture of him current right now? That's him current. That was 18.47. 18.47. Ooh. That's I was 18.9. I was way low. Look at this. Look at this. It dug more than doubled in weight. 23.9 pounds. I don't even know how that's possible. Oh my goodness. The moose. Yeah. Growing wow. It's not fake. I didn't put a people producer is saying it's fake. No, it's not. Just because they have runs labs doesn't mean mine's not a uh, a big boy. Speaking of wow. cats, you got some big cats. You built a big ass cat tower. Let's take a look at this video. <laughs> I did. Check this. Got a new cat pet tree. Ooh. <laughs> Man, how much time went into that? You badass. <laughs> maybe, maybe two About hours. Six two, like six three inch. <laughs> that's what happens when you're. <laughs> that that's now badass, right? <laughs> just, well, it is kind of badass. <laughs> how many cats do you have? Two, but they're freaking huge, man. I mean, one of them's probably as big as your dog. Well, no, those cat like... trees are like 150 oh, yeah, 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 over yeah, yeah. at uh, the PetSmart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did absolutely. you know that people at PetSmart get really mad if you call it PetSmart instead of PetSmart? Like pet oh, really? smart, if you pet smart. smart, yeah, you can really, really? antagonize them. By Wait, doing which that. which ones are they not like? Pet smart, pet smart, like a mart for pets. They don't like that. They want that's to what like it is, smart. isn't it? No, if you look, like they highlight the word so that it's like pet oh. smart. They really like. They're like, look, that's how you pronounce it. Oh, so if if you just want to antagonize, them, I'm learning. I'm learning new wrinkle in my brain. Hey, you want to get some chills? Check out this video. Oh. You put in countless hours and miles away from home missing those who matter the most. Many of those hours sitting and waiting, unpaid. You get yelled at by a shipping clerk because you didn't follow their convoluted check-in procedure to a T. Through tired eyes, you hope to find that last parking spot at the end of your day. Are you just a truck driver? No. You're the lifeblood of this nation. You work hard to put food on your table and on the tables of people that you will never meet. The furniture, the clothing, the materials that build our homes and businesses, the essentials for maintaining our country's infrastructure and countless other things that at one point were either on a flatbed, low boy, drive van, reefer, or in a tanker. You are not just a truck driver. You are professional, dedicated, hardworking, committed, vital, proud, independent, essential, courageous, trustworthy, respectful, and tough. You've paid your dues and earned the right to be called a truck driver, not just a truck driver. Not everyone has the fortitude it takes to do this job. The next time someone calls you just a truck driver, be sure to educate them on the sacrifices you and your family make for his family's comfort and lifestyle. Be proud of who you are and what you do. Don't ever be just a truck driver. Hell yeah. Hey, a little shout yeah, out for yeah. that. It's Truck Driver Appreciation Week. Those words ring true, and they're they're going to ring incredibly true if there is this 
strike, this rail strike. I mean, drivers oh my gosh. are we're, you, look, we're gonna have to get on your back, guys. I know this week we're giving back to you, but next week could be a really tough one for this country. Well, we'll get a little bit more insight on that in just a second. On this show today, we got Convoy founder Grant Goodell. He's gonna talk about National Truck Driver Appreciation Week. He's gonna talk about Hall Stars doing ride-alongs, what he learned from drivers, and also getting carriers and fleets paid within eight hours with their new quick pay solution. So that's going to be really cool. Especially right now, things get tough. You need that money. We got our team drivers. We got Rooster and Super Trucker. They're going to make a pit stop here to discuss what the strike could mean for trucking. They're going to talk about surviving CDL school. Some of those are pretty expensive, Michael Vincent. How do you make a living or how do you earn money while you're in CDL school and you got to outlay those funds? They'll give you some advice for those of you you who are looking to get in to trucking. They're also going to talk about why drivers quit jobs. So those of you out there, why are all my drivers leaving? Listen up. They'll tell you. Um, and what truckers really care about, about Truck Driver Appreciation Week. We'll probably talk about juggalos as well and maybe catalytic <laughs> bird thefts. I'm not really sure. But we got Rachel Premack. She's back from hiatus. So let's tip the band and we'll get over to her to find out how everything went off the rails. Did you know that AIT Worldwide Logistics is one of the fastest growing freight forwarders out there? They grew by 400% over the past five years, earning a spot on Crane's Chicago Business Fast 50 list. But how do they do it? By earning their customers' trust with cost-effective, customized global supply chain solutions, find out how your business can benefit when you visit. Tell them, dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com immediately after this show. All right, let's bring up Editorial Director Rachel Premack. Rachel, how was Jackson Hole? You and your, uh, you and your boyfriend came back in one piece, or at least you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're we're back. We're we're um extremely strong after all that hiking. So, uh we're doing well. It was a great trip for sure. Was it though? Like cuz I saw on Twitter, I don't know if this was a subtweet <laughs> anyone, but you said that you prefer like closed off kitchens and walls. You like oh. an 1800s New England yeah, farmhouse. I don't understand that. I do. I do. It's because Okay, so some I look at Zillow at like you know suburban homes that you know obviously I can't afford anything in New York. So I look at Zillow, I look at these homes, and they all just have no walls. Like everything is like it's just one big first floor with no wall. And I I want some walls. Like I think it's good to. I, I don't know why this is controversial. I think we should have walls. I think walls are good. I think part of my issue is that I grew up in an area where all the houses were built like pre-1960 so I'm just very like my my house growing up had like a little door on the side for the milkman to put the the milk and dairy in like every day like so that's the kind of house I'm I'm used to and I I like walls what can I say okay we should have individual rooms all right. Uh, thank you for going through this therapy session with us. Now let's turn let's turn the therapy over to the rail because they they need it. Rachel, how did you put up a great thread yesterday? How did we even get to where we are this week? Where as of about seven minutes ago, I think Norfolk Southern, they completely closed intermodal gates. All these contingency plans are going into place from all the different rails. Mm. The government's ratching up. They're telling the truckers to get ready. They're telling the air to get ready. They're telling the sea to get ready. What's happening? Yeah, so this has really been brewing for, I would say, since uh, for at least five or 10 years. This goes before COVID. We really saw um, in the past uh, five to 10 years that railroads have really pivoted to wanting to perform better on Wall Street, essentially. So they've been cutting costs, they've been cutting crews. And this was all, you know, this was, this was you know, frustrating, but it, it was all well and good until we got to the uh, pandemic era where, uh, it's impossible to hire crews, but you still do see a pretty uh, strong demand for volume. So 
the amount of cars being moved and the employees able to move them just basically got completely out of whack. And uh, as a result, many rail employees have been telling me that it's just the, the job has become harder than ever. You are experiencing so many more delays because of understaffing. And as a result, you know, they don't, they're not able to take sick leave. They're not able to get time off to, you know, go to a wedding or to go to a doctor's appointment. Um, You know, they might have four weeks of vacation every year, but can they actually use them is another question. Rachel, we, that, those are the comments. Those are the same comments like that, that we have here. We've been reaching out to some of these conductors. Uh, One of them said here, a lot of people are wondering why the railroad is facing a strike. It's not just money folks. That's actually been ironed out already. It's quality of life issues. About 50% Mm -hmm. of railroaders are on call 24 seven. They said staffing is half as much. They've had to miss uh, meetings, things with families. A conductor at Union Pacific said, um, Currently at this time, we are less than four days, and this, he sent this a couple of days ago. I know myself and many coworkers are in favor of striking. There is still time for a tentative agreement to come out. The companies are playing on the money and ignoring quality of life changes that are desperately needed since our workforce is 30% smaller than it was five years ago. Yeah. 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 So, so Rachel, and, and it, it, what's your opinion on what the emergency board that was put in place did? And in my opinion, they kind of half-assed and said, well, it's not really our issue. And they just threw out there, well, we'll just split the difference in the money down the, and the money's not even, even, even the issue. Did they just, did they just kind of, or could they have done more? Yeah. So the, the money question, um, it's kind of ignoring what the big, uh, issue is because even when I wrote about this in July, I wasn't hearing a whole lot about pay. I was hearing about we just no one wants to work here anymore because at, at the end of the day, also, you know, you can make more money or you can make a kind of a similar amount of money working in construction or working in retail or working in kind of jobs where you are home every single night. And that's like for rail, you know, you it, it's, it's no longer appealing to make, you know, a little bit more money if you aren't able to see your family or, you know, go to a doctor's appointment if, if you need to. There's rumors of a stoppage at 12.01 a.m. on Friday. Are you hearing confirmation of that? Is that is that a worker side stoppage? That's one of the things I've been seeing going around. Yeah, so that is the, that's the earliest time they are legally allowed to go on strike is Friday at 12.01 a.m. So if that were to happen that, uh, you know, kind of experts who I've been in touch with say that they expect a strike of, you know, one to two days, um, you know, something longer than that would be pretty, pretty bad for the larger economy and larger, you know, our larger society. Um, but the idea of, you know, they could go on strike right at 1201 on Friday. They could also do it anytime in the week after it's uh, we'll really have to wait and see. And it's um, not certain what will happen, of course. Yeah. Holding that wild card. Well, what about this other rumor, too? And I know a lot of these things are rumors. They're not confirmed. Right. You know, not everyone wants to play their hand and tell you. But another one is uh, ILWU planning to have their strike coincide with the rail strike to get the ultimate amount of leverage. As you heard anything in regards to that? Again, again, just speculation. You're not trying to scare anybody, but that's something I've heard. Yeah, I mean, that's something that, uh, you know, back in the day when we would, you know, during the height of union power in the 50s and 60s, unions would often, you know, strike together. So let's say uh, it's a factory that is on strike. Uh, Teamsters truck drivers would refuse to 
uh, you know, cross the picket line and work with that factory. So it is, it's kind of a tried and, to, a tried and true tactic, and it, it would be, um, you know, probably advantageous for uh, longshoremen to, you know, join in on this union or Friday, join in on this uh, yeah. work Fr- Friday morning, what are we publishing on FreightWaves.com? What do you think? Um, if I were a betting woman, I would say that the, uh, you know, the signs are pointing to some sort of work stoppage in my opinion, because it's really hard for rail workers to strike. And I think they do generally try to avoid it. They would rather, you know, hash out a contract and get something, um, moving rather than, uh, you know, having to deal with all this consternation and whatnot. But at this point, uh, we have literally failed every single stopgap that could prevent a strike or a work stoppage. And uh, it, it just, it's, it seems more likely than not. I don't, again, I don't know if it would happen right at Friday at 12.01 AM. It could happen next week. Um, but it's, it's definitely something crucial to keep a close eye on because it's changing well, every minute. Sounds like Steve thinks she's going to be writing about a strike. Uh, I mean, we will be obviously keep, yeah. keep abreast of this obviously out there. You're going to make your contingency plans on what's going to happen. I know many of you already have because of hazmat mm-hmm. not moving. I know our own Ingrid Brown, she's been pulling a ton of explosives because hazmat's been pulled off the rail. She said this yeah. stuff is already in motion right now. Like the, the impacts of this are already in motion because of the way shippers are reacting like it has happened because you can't act like it's not. They already got caught flat footed two years ago and they're trying to be, reactive and getting ahead of it yeah. on a you know, more positive note because we'll get into trains a little bit later in the show more positive note i saw you get over to odd lots congratulations little cowbell for you before we let you go real quick tell us about the experience it was really great uh i don't know when it's coming out but we talked for like 30 or 40 minutes uh, i got to see the bloomberg offices which are very luxurious. I should have, you know, pocketed some snacks from from that experience. I got <laughs> pineapple infused water. Sorry, I'm talking more about the office than the actual podcast. But uh, yeah, they asked some great questions. Yeah, they asked some really great questions. Uh, you know, it was it's always a good time to see Joe and Tracy, and I'm excited for the episode to come out. And it'll be about the Motor Carrier Act, right? Yeah, it will be about. It'll be more generally about AB5 and, okay. uh, you know, some of the Supreme Court struggles with AB5 and um, the brokerage, uh, you know, the Robinson case. Uh, but I, I did get to talk about Motor Carrier Act for uh, a while, but I could I could have kept going. I could have kept going. Yeah, I, I, like just anyone just shooting, whist- just whistling in the wind talking about Motor Carrier Act. Send oh, her to yeah, the wheel, absolutely. stupid question, <laughs> before we send her home. That. What do we get this week, Michael Vincent? Stop it right there. What will she get wrong this week? Good one. All right, right, Rachel. (laughs) Here it is, Rachel. What is something only an idiot would own? I I, I feel like I have a good answer for this one. I'm going to say, like, most gadgets that are sold on, like, the home, like, most gadgets that are sold on, like, infomercials like if you really can't like chop an onion without this like crazy device like me or sky mall like sky mall you know yeah 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 true true exactly no the realistic garden yeti yeah we we always forget to answer so let's do it now what is your answer to this question yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I bought a catalytic converter from a juggalo once. <laughs> That's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. Carpeted, carpeted uh, floors in your bathroom. Yeah, carpeted Those floors in your bathroom. Yeah. All right. Or let me check my garage. Anything in there that I bought on Amazon <laughs> yeah, during the exactly. pandemic. Rachel, take it easy. I appreciate it. Where am I All sitting? right. Thank you. Take it easy. Go subscribe <laughs> to our newsletter. All right. We got another tribute to Tracker Video. Let's roll this one before we get over to Grant.
I remember that big old truck pulling up out front. My Lord, what a big thing that was. And I'd start running across that front yard. About halfway across the front yard, I'd jump, and my daddy would catch me. Oh, Lord, my daddy coming home in that truck was the biggest part of my whole life. My daddy was a truck driver. My daddy was one of these old boys, just like you, that picks this old country up and brings her back to herself every day. My daddy was one of these steel men in the iron horses. My daddy was a truck driver. But you know what, my friend? We don't say it that way anymore. Today, we don't say my daddy was a truck driver. Today, we say my daddy was a daddy who drove a truck. And that's all the difference in the world. Our whole frame of reference about you as a truck driver today has moved away from being just a truck driver to being mamas and daddies and husbands and wives and sons and daughters. And you're special and you're precious. And you pick this old country up and bring her back to herself every day. You the man, you the ladies that make this thing happen are truckers. Other powerful words out there. Let's talk to Grant Goodell. He got some experience with truckers. He's the founder, chief experience officer at Convoy. He did a ride along over to Matt's earlier in the year. He's not just putting hashtags out there, Michael Vincent. No, he's not. He's getting out there and meeting the drivers. Grant, right. thanks so much for coming back on What the Truck. Thanks, guys. I got to admit, I'm, I'm feeling a little starstruck here in the presence of two authentic <laughs> hall stars. Like just guys on cards right in front of me. I love it. I love it. So good to be here. Yeah, no, thank you right so here. much. So we we got these cards here. Uh, after I get off air, I'll take mine out and put a valuable card in here that I actually <laughs> own. But, <laughs> but these are, the, no, these are awesome, man. They made they made my day. They made his oh, day yeah, over absolutely. here. These are uh, mine so says cool, dude. the golden mic on it. What is yours say? The I am hitter? the hard hitter. The hard hitter. I ask the questions like, what does an idiot own? What does an idiot own? Of course. <laughs> the hard hitting question. The hard hitting question. This is a great deck this year, too. We got the care package from Sam. Thank you very much, Sam, out here. Uh, we did these Hall Stars last year, the 2021 ones, and these are where Convoy, they recognize a lot of different drivers out there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this whole initiative? Where did Hall Stars come from? Yeah, Hall Stars came out of our uh, recognition that some of our carriers we're just going absolutely above and beyond on behalf of the shippers that we work with every day. And we wanted to find some way to not only recognize them, but also hear their feedback and, and engage with them more deeply to know how we could be a better partner for them. And so we sort of went out and identified a group of carriers and those were our 2021 Hall Stars. And we've been in touch with them ever since. Um, the program's actually running, been running for a few years longer than that, but the baseball cards are, are a more recent addition. It's very, very cool. I appreciate my, I, I really thought it was the coolest thing. And I'm sure your carriers love it when they get these things as well, right? They are very popular. Absolutely. I'm guessing the fuel card that we give our winners might be slightly more popular, but the cards are good too. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, yeah, we didn't get true. the fuel card, but that's good. No, that keeps I us having to, to report this. I don't think this, uh, this credit, this card goes over our, uh, our limit of, of stuff. Yeah, you know, that's true. <laughs> so I was excited before we get into stuff though. I didn't know you were like a golden eye Nintendo nerd like me. Like yesterday I blocked off time. I scheduled to watch Nintendo direct because I was excited about the new legend of Zelda. And then I got totally surprised by N64's golden eye is coming to the switch too and then i saw you were tweeting about it and i'm like great i I'm, I'm a huge old school video game nerd and i gotta say uh, that sucking sound you hear is productivity in the technology industry just going down a hole as soon as that game is released because there's a whole bunch of guys like us that are going to be going and catching a little bit of golden flu if you know what i mean oh <laughs> man all over the place that is awesome so tell us uh grant i mean you guys are honoring uh you know the, the hall stars all the time with these things and tremendous stuff there that you do at convoy it is driver appreciation week quite obviously what's going down at convoy what are you guys doing 
Yeah, we have a couple of different initiatives going. Probably the biggest one is tied to our recent release of Quicker Pay, which is our new sort of faster way to get paid for convoy freight. Essentially, if you are in need of cash faster than our usual Quick Pay, which you can get for free, you can get paid within eight hours for a small fee. And so as a way of showing our appreciation to our carriers this week, we're offering all carriers on convoy loads the ability to get that eight hours or less Quicker Pay for free this week. Well, I mean, how important is it to get paid quicker, especially in this rate environment? I mean, I've been looking in Sonar. You guys are familiar with the rates and which direction they've been going all year. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just the rates that have been uh, sort of not moving in the direction we'd like. Fuel prices are increasing. Inflation is making parts and by extension, maintenance more expensive. So there's a real squeeze right now on those small fleets out there. And so whatever we can do to help folks stay in that cash positive position and not get it behind the eight ball is going to help them in the long run. So incredibly important, I guess, to answer your question. Yeah, it's important for a lot of them. And a lot of uh, people, their ears are pricking up right now. So how does it work? How do they get involved with this? Yeah, so sign up for Convoy, obviously, convoy.com or download our app in either app store. And if you sign up and you do a Convoy load inside the Convoy app and you complete it sort of the Convoy way, following our instructions and having location services and the like, then uh, you can get paid within a couple of days for free or you can opt to uh, get paid within eight hours for free this week or for a small fee from you know next week on. It's as simple as that. You don't have to have a special payment card. You don't have to sign up for a new bank account. It works exactly the same way as getting paid by Convoy does any other day. It's just really fast. Now, you are the experience officer. It's your job, I mean, and the founder as well, but it's your job to make sure people who interact with Convoy have a great time. That's from the, the customer to the driver. And you did that ride along. Let's tie this into Truck Driver Appreciation Week and product development. When you're thinking of something like QuickPay, how important is that field study in understanding the needs of carriers and drivers? Oh, absolutely critical. I think the, uh, the the important thing to recognize for us as a technology company is that most of us have very limited understanding of what it really is like to be a truck driver, to be in that cab, experiencing the world at the front of all that weight and really just kind of living that life. And so, you know, things like my ride along is, is one part of it, but also just the work that our, our design and user experience teams are doing every day, going out and, and introducing themselves to our carriers, spending time with them, getting feedback on the products that we build and the services that we offer, and even more so just understanding what the challenges are today. Right. So we were hearing from carriers back at the beginning of the year that they were changing their behavior patterns. They were not going places that they had a fear of getting stuck or where diesel prices were just out of control. And uh, we, we saw this as an opportunity to help to alleviate some of that stress and maybe help them maintain something that resembles more normal operations. Uh, but, you know, we're doing that sort of thing day in, day out, trying to make sure that whatever convoy delivers meets real needs for real carriers. I mean, that's a great initiative to go through that and, and get with the drivers and find out what they're doing to build up your product and, 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 and those services and make it more relevant and what they actually need. Now, you guys were also recently named the best place to work in Puget Sound. So talk about the offices there and what that means for you guys and how did that come about? Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously offices maybe haven't been a huge focus for a lot of companies mm -hmm. over the last couple of years, what with COVID and all. Uh, but we have a fantastic workplace team that's been thinking really hard about how to make our office a place where teams can come together and really start to, to break down the barriers that can form when everybody's stuck on the other end of a, a video call day in, day out. You know, I think about the number of people that I would interact with on a daily basis when we were 100% in the office before COVID. And I think about the number of people that I would interact with on video calls during COVID, and it's a much smaller number. 
I just didn't have the opportunity to run into people in the hall to to sit down and, and talk to people that were doing things that were outside of my sort of normal field of view. And so, you know, one of the things we've been focused on is just how do we bring back people back in a collaborative fashion? It's not butts in seats. It's not you have to be here. It's, hey, like we are a better company when we talk to each other, when we engage and we solve problems together. And so I think the Workplace uh, Award is really sort of a recognition of that. We may have to solve a big problem together if this rail strike mm. happens. And it sounds like it, it may, even if it's just for short term. Are your customers starting to get nervous about this? I imagine this week, you know, convoy offices have to be blowing up. People need contingency plans. They need to know what to do. What are you seeing from your side? Yeah, I think we're seeing some of the same things that uh, Rachel was talking about before, which is we're seeing different kinds of freight that might not normally have moved on the road shifting over from rail in anticipation of challenges, just trying to lay the groundwork for uninterrupted service. And so Convoy is working with our shipper partners to understand how their needs are changing and what we can do to help alleviate those uh, those challenges before they occur. Yeah, a lot of stuff is going on in, in freight in the economy. What, what are you seeing going on right now besides preparations or the, the fear of possibility of a strike here and with the, uh, I guess, the uh, port workers as well? Yeah, I think, you know, uncertainty as usual is sort of the name of the game. I think we're seeing a lot of folks try to figure out how to hedge against whatever 2023 might hold. And that's true on the carrier side of our business. It's true on the shipper side of our business. And at the end of the day, the the predictability of freight has never been particularly high. And so what we're seeing is companies trying to figure out how to build in agility, how to maintain the ability to flex as fast as possible if something unexpected happens, whether it be severe weather, whether it be strikes, whether it be, uh, you know, something that we haven't even thought of yet. Do you, I mean, I don't know if you've ran the numbers on this, but can trucking fill the gap that rail could potentially leave? I mean, it depends on how you model it out in a lot of ways. The the gap is not going to be all of rail shuts down tomorrow. The gap is going to be, you know, scattered and, and uneven. And so yes or no, depending on how things play out and depending on, again, the agility of the companies that are currently moving things via rail. Some of them are going to get caught flat-footed, hopefully not, but uh, some of them are going to be caught more flat-footed than others. And I think you will see some disruptions there. You're going to see some rate fluctuations. You're going to see some capacity fluctuations because of it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see exactly how that plays out. Speaking of capacity fluctuations due to the economy, this Christmas may be this Christmas season. This peak season is going to be different than in previous years. I personally think that people are going to hold off on buying as much stuff to a little later in the holiday. We got used to it over the past two years, like Amazon, you know, running prime days every single month. But I think it's a little different now, right? People just got done paying off their credit card for back to school supplies, all the things that things are ratcheting up. So you're probably going to see that later period, that more traditional later period. Would you agree with that with the peak season? Because I know people are getting nervous. They're not seeing that uptick. They want to see it. it hasn't really happened yet. Yeah, it'll, I, I can't say for certain, but I do know that a lot of companies are still sitting on inventory that they pulled in earlier in this year or even last year, and they've been holding on for this holiday season. So I think you can expect those companies to be discounting pretty aggressively and trying to move that merchandise as early as possible in order to guarantee that it's you know off the dock, off the off the shelves by the time they exit the holiday season and they don't have to do anything really drastic. But who knows? Uh, we'll find out in a, in a month or two, I suppose. Well, speaking of find out, what's new? What's going to be new at Convoy other than QuickPay? You got anything to tease us with? What's uh, What are you closing out the year with? Any big news? 
Uh, nothing that I can share immediately. I, I will say that this week is what we call our moonshot week here at Convoy, which is the week where we have folks step back from their their day-to-day, -day, obviously maintaining everything our customers need to have freight moving and make sure making sure our carriers are taken care of, um, and think about what are the big opportunities that Convoy could be tackling and see what they can build with their teammates across the company in a week. Um, some of my favorite things have occurred out of Moonshot Week. We shipped our first cross-border shipment into Canada um, as the result of a week's worth of work, including uh, you know, getting all the right sort of certifications, getting a carrier in Canada, an American phone, because we weren't in the Canadian app store yet. Like it was a breakneck scramble and uh, and they got it done. And now we ship cross-border all the time. So it's amazing what a group of talented and motivated individuals can do in a week. That's amazing. I love that stuff. All right, we're going to go to the wheel of stupid questions right now. <laughs> we already we already spun, we already spun it, it. And you are a professional at this. Wow. So... Uh, <laughs> Grant, what is something only an idiot would own? Enron stock. Oh, still. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like old school. Old school. Yeah. Be a Absolutely. bad one. Yeah. What is it? Granted, they're dead, but you know, Enron stock. Either way. Oh. Um, no, let's see. Legitimate answer. Um, I'm going to say a 1986 Chevy Cavalier station wagon. Because nice. you used to own one, is that is that from personal experience? I was stranded outside of St. George, Utah, in the middle of the night <laughs> on a Sunday due to an exploded catalytic converter in a 1986 Chevy Cavalier station wagon. So, oh, man, I, oh, yeah, I is that why you called me last Saturday night? <laughs> That's why you called me last Saturday night. <laughs> Look, I don't I don't stop driving them until they explode. So you know that's <laughs> the way to roll. Well, Grant, we appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for naming us Hall Stars carriers out there. You want to get paid in eight hours or less, go check out Quick Pay. Go to convoy.com. And Grant, until next time, have a great day, brother. Pleasure as always. Take Peace, care. brother. All right, we got a, I think we got another little video here. Let's roll it. Thank you, Trucker, for making my little girl's day. Thank you, Trucker, for making my little girl's day. All right, once was good. Thank you, guys. I like it. Do you remember what Von Moore from AIT said last time he was on the show? I do. Okay. He said, bigger isn't better. Better is better. <laughs> he did. Whether it's new offices in India, expanding life science operations in Europe, or acquiring one of the best final model providers in the U.S., AIT's exponential growth is driven by anticipating and responding to customer needs. Discover how they can help your business gain fast, streamlined access to new markets at Tell em, Dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com immediately after this show. Roll the tape. My daddy is a trucker. He works hard to make sure that you have all that you need. If you just got to know him, you'd surely see why he's so special to mommy and me. He drives in the heat and he drives in the snow and our prayers are with him wherever he goes. Every night when I turn out my light, I pray that God keeps my daddy safe the next day. To me, he's a hero riding tall in the seat of that sharp looking rig, his trusty old Pete. Oh, that video too. That video has been all. That's a great video. The kid yeah. is running. He knocks his hat off so we can go even faster. A little aerodynamics going on him. I like it. We got Super Trucker. We got Rooster <laughs> in the house, man. <laughs> hey, I saw you tearing. Super Trucker, I saw you tearing up a little bit. I saw in the video seeing that kid run across because you got a little boy yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's that video's been around for a while, and uh, yeah, it gets me every time. <laughs> I bet it does, How about man. yourself, Rooster? Is it true you're wearing a hat? Is it are you run faster if you knock your hat off or not? 
it's something about the bill, you know. It's kind of like a like a parachute behind a dragster, you know. It slows you down. Can't get rid of the thing. I keep mine on as an airfoil to keep me low to the ground, so I get better traction. Yeah. Well, guys, guys, we're we're laughing so we don't we don't cry. I mean, there's seriously a scary thing going on in the country right now with this yeah. potential rail strike. I mean, it. Depending on how long it goes, things get bad. You know what's on those rails, guys? Coal is on those rails. That's yeah. a big thing. You know, we use coal yeah. for energy. Energy is that. a big, That's a big thing. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Rooster, I know you've taken it upon yourself to sort of look in. What would happen? Well, I, we've, I mean, we've done stuff like a day without trucks before. What happens on a day or a week without trains? What's going to happen? Well, you'll have another day without trucks because a lot of drayage cargo is handled by trucks and by rails. You know, you go to the rail yard. Trains don't go to every store uh, Bernie Sanders, not yet, but you know, it's got to get transferred from the trains <laughs> to the trucks, then the trucks take it to the end point. So if the train stops, the trucks will stop and, you know, it freight flow will go from, you know, uh, what we've seen as a pretty good uh, flow of water constantly down to a couple of drops coming out of these train yards, you know, till they get emptied out, then, well, there's no work left. Yeah, it's it's so if they do strike, is there is there plans or can they um, be strikes be limited? In, in other words, could essentials be forced back to work, but others allowed to keep striking? Well, you're you're going to bring in Taft Hartley Act on this, and okay, immediately as these rail carriers strike, you're going to be they're striking against the the companies that run the rail yards, the Class One railroads. The problem is immediately you'll be third party harming the truck drivers because they can't work. They can't have any financial income. So they're injured. So, you know, 1201 Friday, we'll have the strike. Then probably about 1202 Friday, we'll have lawsuits hitting the courts, you know, invoking Taft Hartley. Yeah. No, I've seen numbers out there that some people have put out saying, you know, you'd need a few hundred thousand trucks to singe that gap if the trains mm -hmm. were gone for a while. Is that number accurate? Is that true? Well, you talking about the calculations of, you know, how much, how many containers, how many tanks uh, a train could pull versus how many trucks. Yeah, if you don't have a train, uh, I've yeah. Seen, yeah. I've seen numbers of 400,000 trucks to 600,000 trucks needed to be able to, you know, handle what, you know, the, the train flow at a day can handle. And we don't have that right now. Um, sorry, y'all. Mm -hmm. uh, there's not that many trucks out there. But even if you did, you don't have the infrastructure to, to handle that more that many more trucks as well, right? I mean, it's not going to the same places. You off the rail and then onto the highways would never be able to handle it. Justin, what do you make of this whole thing? You were with the USPS. Those guys have a pretty strong union, don't they? Like you think these guys are all stay like the, the commentary I've heard from actual people, like conductors that work here, they want to do this. They want to strike. A lot of them are like, no, if we don't stand now, like our work-life balance is yeah. screwed. And we don't want it. So it sounds like we're racing towards this. What do you think happens? Yeah. The difference here is these guys actually have the power to strike, you know, Congress is trying to step in to stop it. But um, unlike the postal service, uh, USPS employees are, it's, it's illegal for them to strike. You know, we had the, um, the FFA, I think it was FAA uh, flight controllers in the eighties that, that went on strike and Reagan fired them all, you know, same exact thing would happen right now. If uh, postal workers went on strike, um, Biden would have the power to fire them all, but we wouldn't have enough people to replace them. Um, difference here now with the rail workers, if Congress steps in and says, hey, stop striking, they can tell Congress to pound sand. Yeah, they really could. And it, part of the other issue is there hasn't been an actual strike like this for like 30 years, right? 
I mean, in I, the, I, in I don't the, recall in, one. In the rail, 92, 90, right? So, so 91, 92. So uh, the point there is that most of these guys that are pissed off, they've never been through an actual strike either. Right. So yeah. that, that, so that, uh, and I've met some teamsters before that went through a second strike and they're like, it sucks. They didn't want the second strike. They'd rather get something done. So there's that aspect of it as well. Right. That's helping us really to raise yeah, towards part us. of the problem. Part of the problem they're having is it's the same with all these like old industries where all the senior guys have retired or they're just about to retire. So they're on their way out. All the new people, they don't have the experienced guys telling them like how things were or whatever. They're just, they're mad. They want things to change. I don't blame them, but right. they have to really think about like what it is that's going to happen if, if they go forward with this. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Any impact. Any predictions? I mean, it sounds like Friday morning that there's at least that for Friday, there's going to, or for a few hours on Friday, there's going to be a strike. Yeah. So well, I've been eight of the 12 unions have agreed to the terms. So there's what, four holders, Rooster? Uh, well, there's nobody agreed to terms yet. None of it's no. been ratified. Okay. That's yeah. the key. That's yeah. the magic word ratification. Uh, last count I had 10 have tentatively agreed. We still got two holdouts and you know, it's, you know, Burnham and not all try to get this done, but like that ratification process is still going to take time because that's a whole 10 step process to that. But if they get all 12 unions to tentatively agree, then that would, possibly hold off a strike except you know the very far far left far militant parts of the unions that'll strike anyway so yeah it can and make no everybody what. happy but yeah that's a that's a great delineation though between uh you know the, the tentative agreement and the ratification because the guys i'm talking to are like well, i'm not ratifying this these agreements oh uh, yeah a lot of a lot of people have said no way yeah that, that uh, you can't you the Biden administration thinks that the PEB's recommendation that they're going to throw tons of money at these guys and they'll be happy. We'll go through, but no, it's a quality of life stuff. You know, like, like everybody's been mm -hmm. saying, uh, they're worked to the bone they're afraid to take days off and be fired when they come back to work. So it's what, what they need is kind of like the same issue with truckers. They need to get more people into training schools to talk how to do the business to kind of help out and get more people where they can start getting rotations in and out off the trains. Rooster, let's, let's, that's a good segue right there. You, there was a post on Reddit the other day where someone was like, Hey, I want to go to CDL school, but CDL school is expensive. How do you survive when you're in CDL school? That's probably a question that every single newbie has when they're, unless they've been recruited and they're getting CDL school paid for, has been told they got to do. You put out kind of a survival guide on surviving truck driving school. Tell us a little bit about the issue a driver faced going to school and how to survive it. Well, one thing you go to driving school, it's, uh, it's costs I've seen. It's been like four to $6,000 for the, two week to four week school. Uh, a lot of times drivers will go in the school and they'll get about halfway through and they'll have to quit because they're broke. Uh, there's a lot of programs out there that will help, help pay. Uh, Infrastructure Investment Act did allocate more funds federally to these students of schools to get them paid through the process. Also, military veterans, as always, can get, uh, use funds from the GI Bill and certain BA benefits to help pay off. Uh, also, you know, try to talk to the companies, you know, see if they'll sponsor you. You know, a lot of the trucking companies either have their own driving school or they will sponsor you to go through a school, but you'll be bound to a contract one or two years to 
uh, work for them to recoup that cost. Uh, but if you're going to use a trucking company, make sure to read through that contract. Make sure mm. to see how you're going to be repaying them. Uh, a lot of them like to take a certain portion of your paycheck. Then you know, when you get that $800, $900 a week, they promise. But by the time you go through bills and expenses, you won't have nothing left. So uh, keep your eyes on that. Yeah, keep your eyes on, on the net uh, over there. Uh, what what in the contract should you, is there any, like what kind of effery do they put within there that you should be mindful for? What don't you want to see in there? Uh, any kind of like early termination clauses that'll have like a compound interest uh, that they love to bust people 20, 25% compound if they like leave early out of that mm-hmm. two years and that two or $3,000 uh, truck driving school turned into seventy five hundred, eight thousand dollars. Jeez, and, yeah. and just starting out. I mean, that's that's freaking brutal. It is br- that is brutal. I figured it would, you'd be able to take out a loan, or should be able to take out a loan like a student loan, like a low interest type of loan to be able to do this stuff. That well, you can do win. student. You can do student loans. You can oh, okay, do Pell Grant. There's right. there's ways to do it. Right. But a lot of people don't go through the process. I just want to be a truck driver. Let me get through yeah. school. Let me get through as fast as possible. Would you guys recommend, so like, for example, a lot of people ask me, I started out at FedEx Trade Networks and they say, hey, if you want to get into the office side, you want to learn global trade, where where should you go? And I always recommend a big company like a FedEx Trade Networks because I've been through a bunch of different 3PLs. The big one, even though they don't pay the best, they give you the best training and that's very valuable early on. Would you guys, is that the same for driving? When you start out, should you go with the mega or should you go mom and pop? Community college. I'll take this one. Go ahead. You got it. Um, I went on a tour of an Amazon fulfillment center years ago, pre-COVID, and they have these gigantic LCD screens all over the place that say, we'll train you to get your degree. We'll train you to become an engineer. We'll train you to be a truck driver. Just please come work here. Um, if you're young and in shape, that's probably not a bad deal. But, you know, the turnover rate at Amazon is pretty high just for the guys that are like picking the, the uh, products. Um, never mind the, the, the truck drivers. Um, there are CDL schools like trade schools that are pay as you go. So you take like a night class, you only, you only do like a couple hours a day or a week per class. But now instead of a two to four week course, you're looking at six months to a year of training over, you know, over time. And some of these I've seen as high as $13,000 for their course. So you really do, do your research. Um, any course that doesn't say upfront how much the cost is, don't even bother. Uh, Ruth, before we move on, your thoughts? You got a closing thought on that? On uh, yeah, uh, just uh, like I said, uh, community college, but it will take more time and it will cost more. But but that's because it's federally subsidized, so they're getting that federal Pell Grant money and mm-hmm. you know all that. All right. Well, you know, it's Truck Driver Appreciation Week. A lot of the non-truck drivers, they feel kind of awkward. They're always figuring out ways that they can <laughs> appreciate truck drivers. Here's some suggestions from this nurse. Let's see if she has some good ones. Play the video. <sighs> Let's see here. What does it say? Five ways to thank a trucker. What's number one here? We'll see if these are any good. What does that say? Buy him a meal. Buy him a meal. meal. Be courteous when you're driving. Three and four, wave at them and smile. smile. What does that say? That said because they're good. So (laughs) so the first one is buy him a meal. Yeah. Second one is be courteous when you're driving around him. Okay. Then three of four is wave at them and smile. And that one is because you get what you want from a truck driver because well, they bring four. it to you. 
from yes, their four. sacrifice. And like smile, and that's kind of almost like three. So we got to come up with two more. So let's yeah. work with you guys to come up with two more ways to appreciate Chargers. First of all, are those three good ones? Like this week of all weeks, just like be a decent person if you see a truck driver. Yeah, be mindful of the trucks on the road is always a uh, good advice. But unless they're sitting at a truck stop, you know, with their debit card out buying everyone a meal, I don't <laughs> I see people doing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, Rooster. What do you what do you think about those first three suggestions? Well, buying my meal is fine as long as you you know they're paying for every truck driver's meal. I mean, a lot of these uh, oh. driver appreciation events we see is participation only. You have to go to a terminal to get that barbecue sandwich or whatever. Uh, how about giving the drivers a gift card or a stimpin' or some kind of uh, roller dog points on the fuel card? They can spend it at a truck stop. <laughs> just make sure everybody is appreciated, not just the people to go over to the truck, the company terminals for the PR event. Yeah, mm-hmm. like here's a $25 Love's gift card or something or $50 Love's gift card. Like, go go just take care of yourself. Obviously, you can't come to the terminal. Not everyone's here, but we can still hook up everyone on the team. That's not that huge of, like, no. about 25 bucks, but it'll still get you lunch, right? It'll still get you lunch. It'll still get you a couple things out of the cooler. Yeah, it certainly will. Yeah, I offered yeah. I, I offered to be smoky, a smoky to a driver, you know, just go out there and, and clear out all the Smokies in my, yeah. in my Tacoma, just speed through there and clear them all out so he could go. But his <laughs> limiter was only at 64, so it didn't work out. Should they well. go, should they go like Loves <laughs> instead of Visa, though? Because if you give the Visa gift card, that probably is going to go directly to Bills, where the Loves one would at least force yeah. you to maybe get some for yourself, right? Uh, it's 50-50 on that one. I, yeah, I appreciate 25, $25 or $50 on a Visa, but Right. You know, Amazon. if they really want to get like love sponsorship, you know, go right to the truck stop and, you know, get their stuff. All right. Well, Rooster's Affection's easy and cheap to buy. $25 gift card. He said, that's what I need on my T-Daw. What about you, Justin? We need a suggestion number five here. What do you think people companies could do better on uh, Truck Driver Appreciation Week? Or what would make you happy? Let drivers park uh, if their hours run out, you know, on your property if they're out of hours. <laughs> you know, if you're getting loaded <laughs> or unloaded somewhere. Don't tell them, okay, thanks, scram. Like, you know, if you want the drivers to feel appreciated and have them come back yeah. to bring your stuff. You can use our there. bathrooms. You can use our bathrooms for this Yay! week only. Treat you like a human. Yeah. Yeah. This week this only. Week only. Human. Like a truck appreciation year. <laughs> Look, some, I've seen some cynical posts. Out, like, some people put out, like, don't even say anything about truck driver appreciation week. Like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, do you think it's still, like, all in all, is it an okay thing to bring some awareness to truck drivers? Absolutely. But you got to be really careful because it's so easy to to screw this up. You know, one yeah. bad PR blunder is just going to completely backfire on you. <laughs> well, we saw the one guy who was, and I'm not going to name them, but he stand in front of his private jet talking about he's going to go to breakfast and eat with the drivers. Like, dude, why didn't you just film that with the drivers at breakfast? Like, nobody had to know I mean, that the plane was there. You didn't have to, like, use it hey, as a prop. You know, shiny new Learjet traveling the country, going to terminal, terminal. Hey, wait, wait two hours, go to the terminal. And actually do it with the drivers. Ooh. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah you, I really what, appreciate my drivers for paying for my jet. What do you think of ride-alongs? Do you like those or are you antisocial like me? Like you get sick of the person after like a couple hours. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I love, I absolutely love doing ride-alongs. People get sick of me because I'll just talk their faces off. I can't believe that. What about your <laughs> friend that looks like self? <laughs> I'm just kidding. We got a clip. We got a clip from uh, the latest Back the Truck Up podcast. Roll it. A good employee doesn't leave a good job because of one thing or another. They leave because of bad management. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly why I left my location. It was too many roosters in the hen house, you could say. <laughs> hey. Mega Carriers, are you listening? 
Yes, drivers, exactly. Drivers don't leave good companies. Yeah. Um, drivers leave poor management. <laughs> so do you um, think it's because, you know, if, if the driver screws up, the driver takes the blame, nothing happens to the management? I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, I saw the writing on the wall pretty quickly. I was only there about three months um, before I was like, this is not for me. All right. So was that Gravedigger, by the way, Justin? Who are you guys interviewing on the podcast that came out this morning? Yeah, that's my uh, longtime friend, Drew Epler. He's he was a truck driver like me early on in our careers, and then he went on to being a mechanic and driver for various uh, monster truck teams, Gravedigger, and then eventually Bigfoot. Um, excellent driver. Any company out there would be lucky to have him. But as he was talking about in our podcast, even he, you know, going from company to company, realized like, oh, this isn't this. this either it was poorly managed or they talk safety. But then once you're actually on the job, safety is like a second or third priority there. <laughs> so he he left. <laughs> Wow. Is it, is it, does it, is it like uh, the grass is greener type of situation there? Is there one that is good or is it like everybody's got their own faults? You just got to pick the one that has the faults you can live with. Yeah, absolutely. But there are good companies out there. The problem is, is that nobody wants that secret to be let out. So it's always really hard for companies to mm. find good drivers because <laughs> nobody's saying anything. Yeah. They call, the good companies Iceland. Because... they call the crappy companies Greenland. Well, Viking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's, ah, the, the, the tables are turning now because companies are so desperate for drivers. You know, any mega carrier is always going to have an influx of new drivers, but the good companies now that pipeline is drying up. People are not just quitting that company, but they're quitting the truck driving industry. Period. Before yeah. they get a chance to go through the mega carriers and then onto greener pastures, so to speak. Is the number one reason for drivers quitting though? Is still is it is it just like frustration and access? Like I'm, I'm pissed off, and I yeah. can. I can just jump to another company. Yeah. I don't need to deal with this dispatch. Yeah. They pissed me off today. Yeah. If it, you know, everyone's got their, their breaking points. And if you're on the road for weeks at a time and then there's like an emergency back home when you're trying to get home and your dispatcher's telling you, okay, yeah, we'll get you there when we can. But then they just kind of keep kicking that can down the road. You know, I've heard of guys, I've never done it myself. I never would, but I've heard of guys just parking the truck and getting a taxi and <laughs> going to the airport. You know, now the company's got to figure out how to get their truck back. Nice. Well, you can hear that full conversation, just like a back the truck up wherever you listen to audio podcasts. Go to Spotify, go to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you do it. Just uh, look up their show right here. Now, Rooster, I know you're a big gaming nerd. Do you think that we need an Indian truck driver <laughs> simulator? Let's take a look at this video right here. It looks a little oh, crazy yeah. <laughs> driving out a team driving with these guys. Oh. Uh, he's going to go around the scooter. Sco scooter. He's going right around the scooter. Yeah, he's got out of the way. <laughs> Now, how scary yeah. is it being in a truck moving like this around other vehicles? Because this guy's doing it like it's nothing. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit terrifying. But, you know, you see this a lot out on the big stretches of highway, 80, 90, uh, 20 through Texas. These got knuckleheads that get out there and they'll just shoot on the shoulders. They'll <laughs> go through in between two lanes of trucks on the zipper. And you're like, you'd be like, trying to keep from going into the ditch when these guys blasting past you. Uh, it, it's kind of like a dark stain whenever you see these guys uh, pull stunts like this, you know. Wait, and, which side of the road uh, are, I, are I, they I, supposed to be on? Which side of the road are they supposed to be driving on? I, I can't tell from that video. India, I, I don't, I, I believe, well, you know, India was uh, part of the British Empire, so I'm thinking uh, left-hand side of the road, but uh I personally don't tell. really know. 
Yeah, you see the other lane. You can right? see the you see the you see the other lane on the right hand side. So yeah, they're on the left. Okay. It's just it's a divided highway. <laughs> okay, here. I thought it was just wherever you want it as you're going down. Well, here. that's I think that's part of it as well. Wherever you want. Wherever you want. <laughs> I mean, Rooster, you're, you're like this is this can't be that much different than driving through downtown Atlanta, right? <laughs> I uh, one one thing you're not supposed to be driving a big truck through downtown Atlanta. That's exclusion zone. Uh, but uh, you well, know, kind of what I looked up. Yeah, well, uh, kind of what I looked up on Indian truck and culture, it's their rules and regulations for the road is kind of self-regulated. You know, it's uh, most of it's like a drive as fast as you feel safe. But I guess these guys are feeling real safe that day. <laughs> Don't hit anybody. And wow. the lines are just suggestions, I guess. All right. Well, well it's, yeah, it's the, yeah, the, the weak. Yeah, the timid get hurt. You got to be aggressive. Otherwise, you get hurt. Well, I have a buddy who went <laughs> yeah, to Mumbai, but, and he told me that he went, you know, like the motorcycle cabs they have there, like the motorcycle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like they're almost like uh, motorized rickshaws. He was in one. He was like, it was the most frightening experience I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's very normal out there, especially in India. Like any city intersections, like there are no traffic lights. Everything just mobs together. They work their way through, and the traffic keeps flowing. I was in, when I was in Costa Rica for a long time getting down to Puerto de Lemon, um, you are on like this one, th there's two lanes, but there's all these bridges that are around like curves yeah. and only one car can go over oh, yeah, the bridge yeah. at a time. Yeah. And there's like a, sim but you have no idea who's going first. No. Frightening. That was a long seven hour drive. That was very scary. Yeah. Cause you're going for a while just praying there's no other car. Coming yeah. And the, the driver's yeah. like, no, I know right of way. It's just, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm dude, I'm too hungover. I can't do <laughs> rules. <laughs> Let's highlight a trucker living the dream. How do you think this guy feels right now? Show us pictures. This is Chandler Mack. He said, we moved into mm. our new place over the weekend. Finally don't have to park at the truck stop a mile away. Got room for a shop in the future. Room for my wife's horses. And I have a garage for the first time in my life, amongst other things. Feeling pretty proud right now to humble brag. I think he's earned it, hasn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, that's, that's uh, kind of like the dream. There. Living the dream out there. Maybe lay down some gravel so next time it rains, it's not a mud pit. Yeah, we just moved in, dude. <laughs> yes, That's right. great advice for him. New house owner. Hey, yeah. I mean, the, the truck looks extra large next to uh, next to the house, but uh, yeah, he'll probably put a driveway yeah. in and he'll figure that out. We're, yeah. we're talking a little bit about, uh, before, oh, before we move on from this, would you like this truck driver appreciation week? Is, isn't this what you would say the majority of drivers, this is, what they want that's just their goal like and it's not even this huge Absolutely. thing yeah. he said it's a humble brag it's not a humble brag you can want that that's supposed to be the yeah. american dream right there yeah, it is. have yeah, a it job is. and buy yeah. a house he, he absolutely should be bragging man you congratulations brother you made it you know yeah that's, he has the dream right there Amen. and you know he, he's got a goal of you know building a shop for his truck you know get all that fixed up i mean what what, what more could you want Love it. I, I yeah. love to see it. Love to see it. Well, what more would you could want? Maybe a ride home from the gathering of the jugglers. Take a look at this gentleman right here. His name is, uh, well, the guy who tweeted was Nate Igor Smith. I don't know who this guy is or if he stole uh, Grant Goodell's catalytic converter. Or, 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 was that the gathering of the jugglers? 1996 Chevy. Yeah, uh, it was 96 Chevy. No, so this guy right here, it says this kid walked hundreds of miles to get to the gathering of the jugglers after his girlfriend kicked him out of the house. He just starts walking like Forrest Gump across the way. He's carrying <laughs> and then he's carrying around this catalytic converter when he runs into the photographer because uh, apparently that's how he's going to pay for his trip home. Uh, and I'd imagine he took that catalytic converter from another juggalo. It was like juggalo, juggalo theft. What do you think, Justin? I'm just wondering. That, <laughs> is, that is the most juggalo thing I've ever seen. I just hope and pray he didn't get that from Philadelphia because there's 
Uh, probably about 20 guys that want to murder him for messing up their car. Oh, no. <laughs> what do you oh, yeah. think, Rooster? <laughs> you ever get hey, the uh, Platinum, Palladium, Catalytic Converters are worth a lot of money now. I mean, guys carrying around a small fortune. Well, if you're concerned about Juggalos, here's a few of their characteristics. If you hear the sound of whoop, whoop, echoing through the night, that may mean you're in Juggalo territory. Watch your Catalytic Converters, people. Find me on Twitter, at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Vince the Dude. Find them at Back the Truck Up, Rooster BTU, Super Trucker. Subscribe to What the Truck wherever you get your podcast. Don't be a stranger and tell them how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere.